0: Wendy's always giving away fun stuff to the kids, you know, these these fun little eyeballs here that the kids get. Sorry, adults in the room, you don't get too many fun things, but today you will be getting something a little later, and I'll explain that, but welcome to New Hope Community Church. Those who have been able to venture in, those who are online streaming with us, welcome to the family of God. Today we're finishing up our series called The Ripple Effect, and it talks about this whole idea that we can be an epicenter to a ripple that goes out for miles and miles, that makes a greater impact, a hundred times greater impact than the epicenter. And so when you throw a rock into a pond, that epicenter sends out that ripple far greater than where the rock landed. And that can be our lives. That is to be our lives as Christ followers. So the first week of this series, we talked about ripple prayer and how we can pray for others, bring their needs to the throne room of God, to God's almighty power, and through their transformation, then they want to pray for others, and others pray for others, and we have this ripple effect of prayer. In the second week, we talked about ripple story, about telling other people of what Jesus has done in our lives, how we have come to know him, accepting him as our Lord and Savior, how he has transformed our lives. And we share that with others who then their lives are transformed and they share it with others. And there's this ripple effect where we reach East Central Minnesota and beyond with the good news of Jesus Christ. Last week, I talked about ripple deeds, about just how We do a good deed for others, and it puts in their spirit to say, hey, man, that individual took care of me. I should take care of the next person. And we have this ripple effect that might happen through the neighborhood, through our classroom at school, through our business that we're involved in, whatever it might be. And today I want to look at the whole idea of ripple generosity. You know, there's this impact Jesus told 2,000 years ago that, has impacted lives today, that has maintained a ripple effect all the way to today. And it's a story that's very familiar to all of us. It's the story of the Good Samaritan, the Good Samaritan. We all know the story. There was an individual traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. He is attacked, left for dead, on this narrow path from Jerusalem to Jericho, two religious leaders at separate times come along him on the path. And Jesus, as he tells the story, says, they stepped aside or they stepped around this man and kept going. I mean, it was a narrow path. They saw the man. They had to probably climb up some other rocks and down just to get around him. But then he said, a good Samaritan, a Samaritan came by, and he used the Samaritan as an example because the Jews hated the Samaritans. They would call them dogs, which was a degrading label in that day. And they hated Samaritans. So Jesus uses this Samaritan as the you know, focal point of this story. The Samaritan comes, and we understand that he takes care of this man, puts him on his donkey, and cares for this man. That story has had a ripple effect all the way to today, where in the news, sometimes we're listening, and they say, hey, there's a Good Samaritan story today out of wherever. There's hospitals called Good Samaritan. There are foundations called Good Samaritan, where they give money away. There are senior living centers that are called Good Samaritan. It's in crazy generations, thousands of years, right? Right? And so today I want to challenge us out of 1 Timothy chapter 6 in three verses on how we can live a life of financial generosity. I want to read those three scriptures to you first, and then I'm going to just break it down briefly. This is what it says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Wow, what is Timothy telling us here? What is the writer communicating to us here? He's communicating, first of all, to number one, keep God number one. Keep God number one. What does he say right away in verse 17, the first part? Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in their wealth, which is uncertain. What? But to put their hope in God. Keep God number one, not money and stuff. Back in Exodus chapter 20, Deuteronomy chapter five, we have the list of the 10 commandments that we are to live by, sort of the boundaries for good living, right? And in Genesis 20 verse two, God says to the Israelites, hey, remember, I am the God that brought you out of Egypt. I saved you out of slavery. I did incredible miracles among you. And then he says in verse three, you shall have no other God before me. All right, which means I'm to be number one. Keep me number one in your life. That is the goal. So in 1 Timothy 6, we are reminded, number one, keep God. <laughs> number two, I. when we keep God number one, then number two, I believe will happen. And number two is keep gratitude number two. Keep gratitude number two. Because Timothy goes on in 1 Timothy six seventeen b it says, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Okay? So keep God number one. And in that, recognizing that God provides us everything we have. And so we should have an attitude of gratitude on a regular basis. An attitude of gratitude on a regular basis. Psalm 24, one says this, the earth is the Lord's and everything, everything in it. The people and all who live in it. Meaning he owns it all. He is the owner and he provides us, it says, everything we have for our enjoyment. What did he say? He richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Not just a little, but richly, right? Everything. And so we are supposed to have an attitude of gratitude because of how he provides our daily bread needs. Psalm 100 verses four and five give us this great picture of how we are to live. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. His courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Man, God has been faithful through all generations, all the way up to this day, right? He has cared for our daily bread needs, right? We have clothing, food, employment, education, we have recreation, beauty in his creation, all these things that we enjoy, and it's by his hand. And so he calls us to this life of gratitude, this life of thanksgiving. So when we keep God number one, gratitude will be number two in our lives. And here's reality. The only cure for selfishness and whining... (laughs) is an attitude of gratitude plus generosity, okay? The only cure for selfishness and whining is an attitude of gratitude coupled with then generosity. So if we keep God number one, I believe number two, we will be a grateful and thankful people. And we, when we are a thankful and grateful people, Number three, Timothy says, will take place. We'll keep generosity, number three, in our life. We'll be a generous people. First Timothy three or six, eighteen says, Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, just like God was what? Rich towards giving us everything for our enjoyment. We are to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. All right, so we're not only to be rich in good deeds like doing things for others, but we're also to be rich in our financial generosity towards others as well. Generosity or being generous is going beyond that which is required. Okay, generosity is going beyond that which is re- required. So you get your bill at the end of the meal when you're eating out and you can give 15%, which is sort of required or suggested, right? But if you go 20, hey, it's generosity. It's being generous. You go more than that, it's being generous. Let's look back at the story of the Good Samaritan and his generosity. We see as he comes from Jerusalem down to Jericho, he comes upon this man who is beat up, left for dead, It says, he put him on his donkey. He brought him to an inn and took care of him. It says, the next day. So he took him to this inn. He stayed overnight with this guy at the Hotel 8 or wherever they were and took care of him. It says, the next day he took out two denarii, which is two days wages, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. This is a picture of generosity. The man cares for him overnight at an inn, gives the innkeeper two days wages, hey, cover anything he's got, you know, if he orders room service or is he, you know, pay-per-view for, you know, whatever movie he wants, you know, that kind of thing. And if there's any other expense, I'm gonna return and check on him and that and check on, you know, if, they, he owes, if we owe you anything and take care of it. I mean, it's a picture of an incredible generosity. And here's the reality in our lives. Most of us are good with, hey, good deeds. I'm okay with good deeds. But when it comes to our dollars, then it's like, ho oh, oh, ho oh, ho, hey, right? No, God is calling us, to live richly towards others in our dollars and our deeds. In our deeds and our dollars, our dollars and our deeds. In both ways, we are called to live in this way. Why? Because God lives this way towards us. So I believe if we keep God number one, we'll keep our gratitude number two. And if we have gratitude and we're thankful for all that God has provided for us, then we'll keep generosity number three in our lives. About three weeks ago, I was at the Valvoline getting my oil changed. And I pulled in and I saw right next to me, there was this young man. He was dressed in all fatigues and that, and I was curious if he was in military or whatever. And so he was standing outside his car, visiting with the uh, guy working on his car and that, and I rolled down my window and I said, hey, sir, are you in the military? And he says, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir, I am. And I said, well, then I want to cover your bill today. I want to cover your oil change today. To which the man who was checking the man out said, sir, I just want you to know that his bill is $171. I didn't say anything. Honestly, I did swallow, (laughs) but then I said, it's my pleasure. I'll cover it. I'll cover it. And the young man was like, sir, you don't have, I said, listen, every day you provide me freedom, and I want you to know every day that you are appreciated. And my goal was that he would go back to his people that he serves with and provides us freedom, and he'd be like, you just don't know what happened. 171, you just don't know what happened. Guys, gals, we are appreciated. There are people out there that appreciate what we do to provide freedom for this country. And I want him to have that ripple effect and to communicate that out. And I love my wife, because I had to text her, you know, I had to tell her, like, hey, you're just gonna show up on the card, you know, and that, and you're like, what are you doing, you know, and that, and she's like, oh, that's awesome. She's like, oh, that's great. That's the kind of woman I married. I mean, she's just a generous woman, but God has richly blessed us, and when we keep him number one, we'll keep gratitude number two. When we keep gratitude number two, we'll keep generosity number three in our lives, And so when you came in today, you received an envelope that looks like this. In that envelope, there's $10. It's a $10 bill. I want you to do the instructions on the envelope. I want you to say, God, show me an individual who needs help financially as I'm out and about either today or next week or whatever it might be. Maybe you keep it in your car or your billfold or whatever. And I trust that God is going to give you an opportunity to walk up to somebody or be in line somewhere and just say, hey, let me cover that extra. Here it is. And give you an opportunity to be gentle. And this is out of our community care fund where we help people in our community. And so all of us here at New Hope Community Church are going to go out and we are going to practice community care together. And so I want you to take that money and to go out, regardless of age, and to trust that God is going to put you in a divine moment where you can give that money away. And so thank you for doing that. Because when we keep God number one, we keep gratitude number two. When we keep gratitude number two, we keep our generosity number three. And then last, number four, we keep the goal. 1 Timothy 6.19 in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. And so what Timothy he's saying to us here is that, listen, number one, when we are generous towards others, God is saying, listen, you're paying it forward and you are storing up treasure in heaven where moth and rust will not destroy when he called in Mark 10 the rich young ruler to give up everything and give it to the poor he said to him and you will have treasure in heaven you'll have treasure in heaven so something is taking place in heaven when we live as a generous people among other but secondly God wants us to take hold of what life truly is and it is keeping our lives focused on his kingdom principles. And what are they? Keep God number one. Keep our gratitude and have that attitude number two. Live as generous people, both in deeds and dollars. And then lastly, to continue to focus on heaven's priorities. New Hope Community Church exists by the presence and the power of God at work through good deeds of the volunteering that takes place here and in the community, and of the financial generosity that takes place here and in the community. That's the bottom line. By this consistent way of living that you have lived, in deeds and in dollars, there is a ripple effect of transformation that goes out and changes lives in each central Minnesota and beyond. And so I want to share this brief video with you of a new hope life story of somebody who was challenged to be generous and how in that their lives were transformed to a life of generosity let's watch
1: hello i'm john hirsch um I'm the owner of john hirsch's cambridge motors i um, been here for about 25 years with the dealership and about nine years ago um, A pastor came into my office, uh, Pastor Bill Berg. It was in this particular office here that uh, Bill approached me and asked me if I was kingdom minded. And so then he explained to me about building a church and wanted to know if I would be interested in participating in that uh, financially. And so I thought about it, prayed about it, and uh, got back to Bill and said, you know, I can do this. And, and more importantly, the dealership can do this as well. So we made a commitment to Project Remarkable that, that week. And uh, Bill stopped over later to kind of just sit down and talk about it a little bit. And then he asked a key question that, that uh, I was a little surprised. He asked me, where am I going to church? And so Bill inviting me back into New Hope was part of my faith and my relationship with Jesus to start again and to grow again. Since being at New Hope, it really has been a, a challenge and more than just a challenge, a transformation of what it means to walk with, with Jesus. What's really exciting about being able to give financially to New Hope is just to see how God worked through all of this so that we can be at the church that we are at right now, not only in Cambridge but and Isani and Bram as well. It, it's amazing to see the ripple effect of a financial gift, you know, to see how new hope was built, to see how God was working through all of that. It started making me think, what does that mean? And more importantly, what does it mean in this dealership? Because at this point, the dealership was really John Hirsch's Cambridge Motors. But now I started realizing God owns this. What does that mean? How does that take place? And how can we be in God's kingdom at the dealership? And that's when all kinds of exciting things took place from, you know, from a food drive at the dealership, a packing of the food within the dealership, uh, to a community-wide food drive where we got all the businesses involved. We even had a Young Life banquet dinner here at the dealership and took everything off the show floor and brought in tables and and served food. And it was a fundraiser. So we've done so many different things that we would have never thought about and I would have never thought about. And it starts with a ripple and it just spreads. And you can see how we can go from just a vision to reality and God can make that all work. But we have to step out. We have to be the ripple. We have to receive it and we have to give it. have to be generous in that way And, and that for me i grew so much in my faith in my walk with christ because of this